Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Look in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, have you ever seen a squadron of American bombers roaring through the air in formation? Have you ever seen newsreel pictures of Uncle Sam's destroyers cutting through the seas as they patrol in search of enemy subs and surface raiders? Well, I'm sure you have. And I bet you were thrilled. You probably felt terribly proud, too. Well, if you've been buying war-saving stamps regularly, you have a right to be proud. Not only because those planes and those ships represent the fighting spirit of America, but because you helped to build them. Yes, sir, every time you bought a war-saving stamp, your money helped buy the labor and materials that are used to make planes and ships and equipment to knock out the Nazis and the Jets. So next time you hear some boy or girl on your block say, Shucks, what difference can one dime make? Well, you tell them every dime does make a difference. It makes a big difference. Tell them, for instance, that if every boy and girl in the United States bought just one ten-cent war-saving stamp every day, it would add up to enough money to buy a lot of swift pursuit planes with which our Army and Navy forces could blast the Axis out of the air. And while you're at it, you might remind them that another way all you fellows and girls can help win this war is to put back into circulation all the pennies and nickels you've been saving in your piggy banks and tin cans and glass jars. Because, as you know, when you put a lot of these coins away, it causes a shortage of them. And in order to make more, the Mint would have to use a lot of metals that are vital to America's war effort. Metals used to make guns and tanks and planes. So get permission tonight to break open your coin bank and then take those coins and turn them in for war, saving stamps and bonds. Now, in that way, you'll be doing your country a double service. So remember, a stamp a day will pave the way to victory. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent and his companions in adventure are now trying to solve the weird riddle of the mystery ship, a tanker which rammed their own vessel in mid-Atlantic and which later they discovered to be deserted. Many adventures have befallen our friends aboard the derelict tanker, and in our last episode we heard how Superman saved Lois from the murderous hands of a strange little man known as the Old Man of the Seaweed, who had previously knocked Perry White unconscious. As our last episode ended, Clark Kent and Lois Lane were just leaving the engine room to go to Mr. White in the crew's quarters when suddenly... But wait. Listen. Don't move. What the... Throw up your hands. Don't move or I'll shoot to kill. Clark, look. A man dressed in the naval flyer's uniform. Who are you? Lieutenant Saunders, United States Navy. Who are you? What were you doing down here? Uh, For a moment there, I thought we'd got ourselves into more trouble. I wouldn't be too sure you haven't. Who are you? I think I'm just beginning to get this. Lieutenant, I'm Clark Kent, and this is Lois Lane. Thank you. If I'm not mistaken, we're the people you've come to rescue. Oh, of course. My men and I just arrived in the patrol bomber. The rest of my crew are going over the ship now. Oh. Just what's been going on here? Who's that man lying there? He's a madman. He was going to kill me. It's oh. a long story, Lieutenant, and I'm a little worried about another member of our party, Editor Perry White. 
he was struck down by this madman here and maybe badly hurt. I see. Well, you better get to your friend at once. <laughs> this fellow looks as if he won't be coming through for some time, I should say. Now we'll come back from later. Come along up these companionway stairs. A short time later in the captain's cabin, Lieutenant Saunders and the others listen to Clark Kent's story. When Kent is finished, Saunders sits silently for a time, studying the strange entry in the captain's log. Slowly, an odd look comes over his face, and he shakes his head in puzzlement. Clark Kent speaks. What is it, Lieutenant? Is something wrong? I don't think it's anything, Clark, except Lieutenant Saunders finds this mystery as baffling as we do. Boy, that entry in the captain's log where he says the old man of the seaweed is coming toward him laughing horribly, that sure makes your hair stand up. Yes, it is. I know all that. Fantastic, of course, but... Well, it's nothing to what I'm going to tell you. You see, I know something you don't know. Something that further complicates the mystery. Oh, golly. Could it be any more complicated than it is? Yes, I'm afraid it can, Jimmy. Let me tell you what I mean. About seven months ago, while on routine patrol, we picked up an SOS. We headed for the spot where the ship was going down. The radio signals became weaker and finally died away altogether. Last message we received was, We are sinking fast, hurry, water rising in radio room. That was the last we heard. Well, we reached the spot given by the radio operator, and, well, there was no ship in sight. Evidently, she had gone down before we could get there. Well, what's all that got to do with us, Lieutenant? Well, just this, Mr. Kent. The ship that had apparently gone down was this very ship. What? Jeepers. Well, now, just a minute. Well, I, I know it sounds more than fantastic, but get this. The ship was named the Albatross, just like this one. She was a tanker, just like this one. And she was bound east for Liverpool, and so was this one, according to the ship's papers. Well, even so, there's a chance there might be another ship by that name going to the same place. Yeah, I thought of that. However, Kent, one thing cinches it. The captain's name was Brenner, Captain Robert Brenner. And that was the name of the captain of this vessel. But, golly, if this is the same ship, then... Well, then there must be such things as ghost ships. No, not necessarily, Jim. Lieutenant Saunders and his men didn't actually see the ship go down. They merely assumed she had. That's right, Kent. I don't believe in ghosts and such things myself, so I'm more than willing to believe that the ship did not go down, but... Well, what happened to her in the meantime? The log certainly doesn't tell us. Well, it's a mystery, all right, and simply has to be solved. My job is done, however. I'll leave some of my crew aboard until we can send a vessel out to escort this ship into port. You people will return to the naval base with me. Well, what are you going to do about the old man of the seaweed, Lieutenant Saunders? I really can't say, Jim. We've got him in irons, of course, and he does seem to be insane. Still, he's our only clue, our only live clue at any rate. Best thing to do is to take him back to the base and let my commanding officer decide what to be done about him. How will we get back to Metropolis from the naval base? Oh, well, that's easy, Miss Lane. The clipper makes the base a regular port of call. Matter of fact, I think I can get you back just in time to make the next clipper. We'd better hurry, though. Let's get going, then. Why so glum, Clark? You look as if you've lost your last friend. Well, I just can't help wishing we had solved the mystery of this ship before leaving it. No, it would take Superman to solve this mystery, and you're no Superman. No, I suppose not. Well, let's go. Leaving the mystery ship in the fog-shrouded night, our friends board the Navy patrol bomber and soon reach the United States Naval Base. An hour later, they board the clipper for Metropolis and are soon winging through sunlit skies bound west for the great city. So far as they know, the mystery of the albatross, though unsolved, is at an end. Little do they realize it is only beginning, for as chance would have it... But wait, let's look in on our friends in the lounge of the clipper. What a wonderful, wonderful sight... Don't you think so, Clark? Hmm? What, Lois? I wasn't listening. Look through the slanted windows. Look. 
that limitless expanse of blue-green ocean stretching as far as the eye can see? Yes, I was sort of staring at it, thinking about the albatross. Gosh, Mr. Ken, I don't think there'll ever be an answer to that mystery. Oh, yes, there will, Jim. There's never been a mystery yet that didn't have an answer. Usually, the more complicated the mystery, the simpler the answer. I hope you're right. But I stick to what I said before. There's only one person who could solve this mystery, and that is Superman himself. Down, Doctor! Down, I say! Oh, who's this coming into the lounge? It's a man and... Dahlia, a great Dane. A great Dane. I didn't Dahlia. know dogs was admitted aboard plane. Well, evidently this one was. Yeah, it looks as if he's someone of importance. As a matter of fact, Dolly, he's sure having trouble with that dog. What's that he's got around his neck? That's what's known as a choke collar, Jim. When you pull on it, it chokes and subdues the dog. When used correctly, it's quite all right. But when used with a force he's using, no, it's very easy to make. I wouldn't think a man who looks like that would maltreat an animal. No. He looks quite distinguished, really. Short beard and monocle and very, very British. Oh, you Cordelia! Do it, all right, you're asking for this. Look, look, he's strangling that animal. Well, don't sit there. Do something. Uh, I don't like you in a sail, Lord. Oh, Devil take you, you when you get a backbone, let me know. Oh, All right, if you won't do anything about it, I will. Uh, just a moment, there. What in the world do you think you're doing to that animal? I beg your pardon? I've never seen a dog so mistreated in my life. If your understanding of this animal, madam, was a tenth as great as your anger, I believe you speak in a different tone. Oh, you do? Really? That, madam, is a static remark which admits of no argument. Master Cordelia, stop trying to pull my very arm out of its pocket. Down, I say, down. Stop it, do you hear? Now stop it. You're choking that dog to death. Madam, this dog is a great Dane. She weighs 150 pounds. She's a very well-behaved beast on most occasions, but now and then she must be handled this way. No dog need be handled that way if its master knows his business. Oh, madam, you... Oh, stop calling me madam. My name is Lane, Miss Lois Lane. Oh, the uh, reporter female, what? Yes, and I... How do you know that? I should say every passenger aboard knows of your adventure with a mystery ship. What's that? You mean to say that story is known to everyone aboard this plane? I don't believe we've been properly introduced, young man. Oh, my name is Clark Kent. Oh, yes, yes, of course. The reporter, Chet, that's right. Uh, devilishly pleased to meet you. You know, for a moment I thought you were... Well, that is... Yes? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. May I present myself? My name is Tresida. Sir Alfred Kenneth Tresidon, Lord of Michaelsfield. Why, of course, I've heard of you. Aren't you the man who's noted for his kennels? I read great Danes, Miss Lane, and I pride myself on knowing how to treat them. Your criticism of my treatment of Cordelia distresses me no end. I assure you I have no intention of being inhumane, but really, with such as you just witnessed, there's nothing for it, you know. One is forced to adopt strict measures. Well, I wouldn't think of criticizing anyone who knows as much about dogs as you do, Sir Alfred, but... Well, it's just that I've always Oh, yes, heard. yes, yes, I know, but quite erroneous, I assure you. Quite. Please, down, Dr. Cordelia, down. No, please, don't. Please, Miss Lane, I know what I'm doing. I know you do, but the poor animal... Does no harm, believe me. Well, I dare say you'll have an interesting story for your paper when we reach Metropolis. The mystery ship, I mean. Oh, no, we've been asked not to release it. Oh, why not? The effect on the morale of seamen, especially those who work on tankers. Tell us the superstitious, you know. Not all, that is, but many. Oh, nonsense, I go out some nonsense. Well, in any case, Sir Alfred, we won't print the story. Well, that's your own affair, of course. Well, I'd better take Cordelia to my cabin, I suppose. It was only by the greatest luck in the exercising of a good deal of influence that I was permitted to bring her with me. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Well, Sir Alfred's an awfully charming person, even if he does. Clark, what is the matter with you? Hey, Clark. Mr. Kent, why are you looking after Sir Alfred that way? That man is not Sir Alfred Tresida. What? What? I met Sir Alfred years ago when he was in America. 
I was a cub reporter then. He came here to lecture on the training of dogs, especially Great Dane. That man is not Sir Alfred Tresida. But how can you be so sure? Oh, well, Sir Alfred had a friendly, kindly face. This man's face? Oh, no, it's not the same. Then there's the dog. He brought the same Dane with him. Cordelia was her name, and she worshipped the ground he walked on. All his dogs loved him and answered his command without question. He certainly never maltreated them the way that man did. But if he's not Sir Kenneth Tresida, who is he? Yeah. And where is the real Sir Alfred? Ooh, very interesting question. Something tells me we'd better answer them, and answer them quick. Little do our friends know that in this man with the Great Dane, they will find the answer to the weird riddle of the mystery ship. Who is this bearded, monocled man who pretends to be Sir Alfred Kenneth Tresida? And what connection has he with the mystery ship? Well, for the solution to the entire mystery, be sure to listen tomorrow. And be with us every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. By all means, don't forget to tune in Superman tomorrow for another thrilling and exciting episode. And don't forget to talk to Mother and Dad before you go to bed tonight about making arrangements to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Start the day off right tomorrow. Buy at least one 10-cent war-saving stamp first thing after breakfast. Now, remember what I told you at the beginning of the program. Every single dime is important because all our dimes put together can go a long way to help pay for the guns and tanks and planes and ships we need to knock out the Nazis and the Jets. And say, here's an idea for you. Why don't you get together with your friends tomorrow and make a joint pledge to buy war-saving stamps every time you've got a dime? to see which of you can buy the most war-saving stamp every week and every month. Now, in that way, you'll help Uncle Sam smash the axes. You'll be doing your share to win this war. Faster than a speeding bullet! More powerful than a locomotive! Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.